going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generates podcast this week for the Wyndham Championship. As usual, I'm here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambley. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Looking fresh today, Kenny. Love to see it. Love to get into this event. We're going to talk some Tony, two-time and Tony. We'll get there. But before we get into it, want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by FantasyNational.com. Head on over to FantasyNational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off your first payment. Kenny, back-to-back, baby. Finau, man, I don't know how you could not love this guy. Just an incredible dude. Some of the quotes he had after the win, his family there, him talking about his son at home, all the stuff that just came with it. But just a, a great performance and got the job done again on Sunday and two two wins back-to-back. What do you think? Now, first off, Tony needs to learn a new dance. The Dougie was like 2004 or 2014. You know what I'm saying? Learn a new dance, Tony, because you're going to get more wins. You can see it happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The guy coming in, back-to-back wins. He's sort of got that feeling for it now. Uh, you know, no problem on Sunday. No collapse. No issues. Just birdie after birdie. You know, doing what he needed to do to keep the lead and keep that pressure on everyone chasing him. Um, I mean, wow. I, it wasn't like the week before where seventeen probably should have lost. You know, a week before with the water, with barely uh, missing the water on seventeen and hitting the driver and hitting it in the water on eighteen uh, at the three M. This week, no issues. Just going there, doing his thing. Third highest green and regulation percentage since nineteen eighty. Uh uh, what six straight rounds of 68 or I'm sorry, eight straight rounds of 68 or better. Uh, he took the week off to give everyone else a chance. It seems like uh, this weekend. Yes. Please learn another dance, Tony, because you're going to get more wins. And that Dougie is just a little old there. Learn you, you know, new. the story with that right quick is when I went on Sundogs pod for the open, I picked that as a song because I related it to my bet of Tony Finau and him and me and Martin had a deal that if I, that if Tony had a won the open, I would have to do the Dougie, the dance oh. for on this podcast. So I said, of course I would with what I had in on Tony and what I was trying to ship there. He of course does not win the open or come close. And here now is just on a tear. So yeah, learn a new dance, but it's funny too, Kenny, because like, you know, and I, we've all been part of it about Tony. It's been forever, right. When it was to get that first win last year at the, I think it was the BMW or whatever that, that, five-year drought, if you will. And there's some great quotes that always come up now after he starts winning, where it's like back in 2019, when he's like, look, I'm going to just keep putting myself in the position. I know it's going to happen. You know, I got to lose to win type thing. All these quotes that he had even way back then. And now he's starting to prove people that he can do it. But there's just always the stigma when it's been that way for you and what's going to come with it. Like last week, had to talk about it. You you just said it again. And we, we talked about it. I talked about it too, about this 17 and 18. But the fact that he had guys up there that just weren't going to do anything. Piercy had already choked, so on and so forth. But he keeps putting up these rounds. Like even at the RBC Canadian Open, I saw Rick Gaiman posted it today of rounds of gaining 16 strokes or more, I think was the stat. And he's like the only one, Tony Finau, that has done it without getting the W. And he's done it twice. And one was this past weekend. And then one was at the RBC Canadian Open when the guy higher than him on the stat was Roy McElroy, who shipped the thing. So he's put up these good Sundays. Just some of them are more unfortunate than others. But the, the Piercy version last week seemed to vault him into a position there pretty easily to get that W even with those mistakes. And now this week, like you said, who I don't care who was up there or who was coming or not. He still had Cam Young, rookie of the year, going to be, who crushed all season, adds another incredible performance. Cantlay was doing his thing and, and made a few mistakes previous days that allowed him to just be a little bit further back than he would have liked, but still put up a crazy round four there to be in the mix. And Tony got the job done. No problem. So it seems as though everything is behind him now. And we're just going to continue to see this nonstop. Not like he wasn't always up there, but still uh, pretty incredible from him overall. Yeah. I mean, the, the Cameron Young was a phase for me last week and it was looking good. Like 24 <laughs> holes in, he was, he was below the cut line. I was like, okay, this is going to work. And then he holes that out from the middle of the fairway. Uh, in, in, I think it was like six or seven on Friday. Holds it out and it goes 19 under on his next 49 holes <laughs> to, to, uh, to uh, finish in second place. I'm always wrong about him. I'm thinking it can't happen again. Same thing with Tom Kim. I was like, it can't happen again. He's got to have some type of like, uh, I don't know, like uh, exhaustion. He's been playing so much all around the world. Uh, you know, not missing a week going out there, but he did his thing again, too. Uh, Cantley was my guy. I needed him to win. It was one of those weeks, once again, where I had to sweat my cash lineup. And it wasn't even a sweat for the first three days. I was like bottom 15%. Like, it was horrible. 
Like I was like, oh, I'm going to lose everything this week. And then Sunday, my golfers, my four golfers that were left go 27 under par uh, on Sunday. And I missed cash by like, I, I cashed two of the smaller ones, uh, like the $5, but all the other ones I missed by like two to 10 points. So, so, so that sucked. Uh, I needed a Cantley win basically is what I needed. Uh, can they win? Would it would have vaulted me up there probably uh, well enough, uh, but and not not the best week, but it's going to happen. It's been a pretty good couple of months. You're going to have some busts every now and then um, the tournament itself, whatever. It's not that exciting. I mean, the course isn't that exciting. Uh, you know, I, I like the week before because of the water. You can get triples like there's no holes to bogey. On, on, on this so when tony was up by like three or four going into the back nine i was like okay it's almost virtually impossible for him to lose because unless he does something ridiculously stupid i mean he's not going to give up this many uh strokes uh he would have to probably par out and then somebody else would have to shoot like a 20 or like a like a 30 on the back uh to win and it just didn't happen uh for that so uh hey, great win by tony two in a row we're getting this sort of streaky type golfer thing first it was scheffler then it was uh, what i guess Sort of Cam. Cam did it more spaced apart, but Scheffler, Xander, Finau have been sort of like the, the, the creme de la creme in these short little spurts. Um, and Scheffler a little bit longer uh, with his, of course, four wins, four or five wins this season. Uh, but you've seen these little bursts. And, you know, nowadays it's, it's really not, it's really not, I know a lot, a lot of times you, you used to just fade the winner the previous week. And I think that's gone by the wayside, especially if the guy's an elite golfer. I mean, if the guy's elite, I think Tony's in that conversation. Xander's in that conversation. Cam's in that conversation. Scheffler's probably already there. Uh, you know, those guys, if they win, they get that feeling, uh, you know, in the pit of their stomach, they know how to win. They know their confidence is up and they can go back and do it back to back weeks. No problem. I, I, and I was on Tony last week, still wasn't enough for GPPs, but uh, you know, it happens. We're on there this week. It's been good for the last couple of months. And we'll try to end the season strong. How'd you do? Yeah. A couple of things you said there right quick, and then I'll talk about my week, but the, you know, you mentioned it with the cash game lineup. Like, it, I don't know if you followed this stuff, but I was heavily invested sort of watching trying to see guys getting into the fantasy golf world championship since I was already out. So cheering on guys, you talk like, uh, you know, Gup, Gup got in my buddy Todd who won the mega Billy earlier this season. He got in. So was rooting them on down the stretch and just seeing some of the the stuff Gup was actually cleanly in, but my buddy Todd, I was trying to watch for him. And it was like the all four under 70 rounds were, I don't know if you saw this, they were definitely in your cash game lineup, some of them, but like Siwoo lost it on the last hole. Kirk lost it on the last hole. Some, somebody else lost it at the very end that was popular. Like basically all the most popular dudes lost it on the last hole with like pars when they needed birdie or bogey when they needed par, just little things that just changed the game. That's five points right there that you see getting lost. And then on the Cam Young note, you talked about it. He, he was the second highest guy on the slate. I had to pull it up here while we were talking. 22.55% using Skyhook at Skyhook DFS. His numbers when he posted over like the main $20 last week. Cantlay was 38, 39% round up. So it's like almost half the ownership, but so he's still popular. But the fact that he ended up tying Cantlay with points in the end, that's that makes a huge difference. And so that vaulted a lot of people ahead as well for that bit of savings. And then lastly, you talked about with Finau and with Cantlay, both of them being right there uh, the, with the weather edge last week. I'm not sure how much you paid attention to it. You probably saw it some, but the AM guys got like about a one and a half stroke advantage. Finau and Cantlay, both on that side of the draw, end up being in the lineups that you could just build with these guys that crushed, you know, Pendrith, who else was in that draw? Wyndham Clark, who came T8. Uh, I, I can't remember where Spawn was, but Henley definitely was T10. Stallings definitely was T10. Like all these guys up there, Siwoo, T14. You could basically just build the lineup of the chalk. I mean, you couldn't ship the main $20 GPP, but I regret it because you asked how my week went. I, I'm out of the Fantasy Golf World Championship. I did not get through. Still happy with how I played. Disappointed. We'll get back there next year. Look to get into the final round to hopefully, finally, get into that final round. But I was happy with the way I played. I saw the AM advantage. I took advantage of that. I played 6 AM, guys. I picked some of the wrong ones. Pan, who did not go well. Denny McCarthy did not go well. So we'll talk about them for this week. Potential flop leg candidates. We'll see, uh, depending, maybe not for a guy like McCarthy. Maybe people just go right back, but an exciting week nonetheless, but the chalk just absolutely smashed last week. I threw up the gif of like uh, Billy Madison pounding the chalk together while Miss Lippy just wipes the glue on her face. 
I basically said that's me this week because the chalk is just clapping and pounding, crushing all week long. And I'm sitting there, glue on my face, completely out of the tournament after day one when pan shoots four over or whatever. So I'm with you. Last final comment on the tournament, Kenny. I like the week before better. I'm okay with birdie fest and then I'm okay with the high scoring affairs. Like we talk about this all the time. We're good with it. That's the season that we love. And at know. least give me a chance for both. But, but I like what you said, like about give me a chance before, because when we <laughs> talked about it, the, uh, the birdies and train wrecks, right. Was the comment. Yeah. And, and that was the, the quote or the statement from the week before at the three M open. I like that. I, there was still plenty of scoring that week. Very similar to this. There was still whatever, but that you could see like, Piercy up five, forget the talent level of Finau versus Piercy. Piercy up five after nine to Finau up four with two to play. Like that's how it can flip there so quickly because of that. And if you get the right names and in the mix and everything like that, that can be a, a really exciting ending versus I know we didn't have the talent you may want to see Finau versus Piercy, but it was still exciting nonetheless. And like you said, here, once it's over, it's basically over. Like if you got a tier top tier golfer like Tony Finau up that many down the stretch. Pretty, pretty hard to see it fall apart. It just sort of snooze your way out of the event and move on to next week. Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit disadvantaged. Uh, Wednesday night, we just, uh, my, my work, I just won a huge contract, <laughs> right? Just won a huge contract. I'm the, I'm the new lead estimator of the company, so it was sort of a big deal. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've been doing it for like a month and a half. I have no idea what I'm doing, but we won. We won. Maybe, maybe we're going to lose money because I have no idea what I'm doing. Anyways, we won the contract. All right, it's a large contract. Uh, and so at like two o'clock, we found out we wanted to so me and my boss and another guy, a project manager of ours, uh, you know, we, we just, you know, my boss handed each thousand dollars and we went to the strip club to celebrate. Yeah. We started drinking at like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, uh, go to the strip club. I almost married a stripper named Poison Ivy. She was beautiful. Something about redheads. I just can't get enough of them. Uh, big, big fan of redheads. Um, and so uh, we go there, hammer it. I get home around seven. I don't, I don't make it like a crazy night because I know I have to work the next day and I have to make my lineups. Uh, you know, so, so I get home, get something to eat and I fall asleep. I pass out maybe like seven 30, like almost right when I get home, no lineups made. I wake up at like five 15 in the morning, like cold sweat, panic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, Oh shit. I haven't made any of my lineups. I'm still on the couch, computer, laptop still on. I'm like, Oh fuck. Like, you know, I didn't do shit. Uh, so I had to, like, thank God for lineup generators. You would have never heard me say thank God for lineup generators, like, three, four years ago when I was handwriting every single lineup I did. Uh, I but, but but now, uh, with the lineup generator, I just plugged it in. But I didn't I didn't have enough time to do more research. So I didn't look at, like, weather. I didn't do I was like this, like, half asleep. This is, like, you know, crown world coming out of my breath. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I'm trying to make these lineups so a little bit of a disadvantage now it ended up having like i think i also like i lost a little bit more last week uh because i went a little bit heavier in the 6k range um on the, on the lower 7k range uh, and i think i had like 18 golfers in the morning wave and like 16 golfers in the afternoon wave so it was almost right down the middle but i didn't even pay attention to you that you got away just, with it anyway it wasn't yeah. like you needed that wave advantage i just felt like i liked it and it was funny that you could have just built basically all the chalk guys that played in the morning and for the most part get them through. I just happened to land on two of the landmines that did not get through it. And that crushed me. So, uh, you know, you could definitely get away with it, but I forgot about your tweets. I think you moved on from poison Ivy. You actually had someone. Yeah. Yeah. Samantha Colombian. Samantha she was nice. took over. Yes. She was uh, nice. She, she was very nice. I like Colombian women. She was a <laughs> very, very friendly Colombian woman. Uh, yeah, I had a good time there. So yeah, it was fun. And then of course I had to go to work the next day, but I slept for a 10 hours so i was good you know uh, i just you know woke up in a panic trying to make those lineups at the last second and, and didn't pan out uh this week i've done that before uh, i think last time i did it I actually did pretty well so hey you know it happens sometimes Might be uh, the when way. you live when you live life you know uh anyways let's move on let's go to the uh listener league winner this week no avatar it looks like his name is l gennon l gennon was our winner 663.5 points started off with Mr. Finau, uh, a 17 and a half percent owned a lot more. Uh, that's actually, it's right around where, uh, the GPPs were. I think he was around 12 to 17%, 12 to 18% this week in GPPs. Cam Young, uh, 20%. Of course he finished in second, this fifth runner up of the year, Cam Champ, uh, 10% owned finished in 20th. Nice showing Taylor Pendrith, who another chalk guy, 
20% owned. Chalk City hitting it this week. Finished in second. Wyndham Clark, one of my favorite plays last week, had a really nice Sunday. Um, finished top 10, uh, minus 17. He was 14% owned. And Smotherman, Smotherman was his low owned guy, 4% owned, made the cut in 69th place. Nice. What'd you think of the lineup? Yeah, I like it. It's a good lineup. We we talked a little bit on it, but like the Cam Young for Cantlay is like working so that you can get like a lot. Of, so a lot of people last week had Finau, Cantlay, and then you could get like your your chalkier guys, but it would be like Clark, uh, Rogers, Stewie Sink, like guys down low that you had to take a shot on and you maybe couldn't get to Pendrith. He not only got to Pendrith by dropping down to Young, but also to Champ, who, by the way, made the cut on the number again. And then just goes off over the weekend, 67, 67. So uh, champ has been running good in that department. It's been solid there, but uh, you know, overall solid lineup, Smotherman low owned champ came in a little lower under the, uh, under 10% mark. So solid, solid build. And like I said, if you just got young to come through instead of Cantlay, which he did, then it worked out. So got him into the tournament of champions. We'll have, like I said, the prizes, everything announced here sooner than later, but it's going to be the week of the FedEx St. Jude while they're in Memphis for the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, that was my mistake because I, I went Cantley Willie Z for cash. Mm-hmm. And I thought about Cantley Fina, uh, but I went with Willie Z thinking that, you know, he's got to get a win at some point in time and he barely makes a cut. And then you're like, well, you hey. know, this guy, this guy sucks at birdie fest. And that narrative sort of was ringing true until Sunday. You know, Sunday goes out and shoots, what, 60, 65 out there, seven under par on Sunday. So, you know, he can do it. Uh, we'll see what happens. What's the new, like the news saying? Because it segues in. We're about to talk about the course and get into the event. He's here. He's at the top for for what we're going to talk about. So good to you know start early on it. I guess I'll just say this. Like it's what you just said though. It's so funny because he he's so good. Like it's a it's a shtick. I make fun of it all the time. We get it. We know this guy's so fucking good. But he doesn't win in the numbers. Like this week again, eighteen to one. Tweeted out this morning. Like he is going to win at a time like this when it's eighteen to one. No one wants to bet him. There still are birdies out here to be found. We just saw it, but he doesn't suck. But I'm just saying the saying, he definitely doesn't suck. He's amazing, but he sucks until he finds a putter. And you just said it when he, he gained a stroke and a half on Sunday and he just dominates the field and goes seven under could have been better. Actually. Yeah, He could have been, like, been way better. Yeah. Could have been like nine or 10 under, to be honest, missed some, you know, shorter, shorter ones that were like Eagle putts, things like that, where it could have just blown up and crushed completely. But you know, that's the funny part. And that's why it's like, when he's going to do it. He's going to find it just for whatever reason, he's only found the putter at majors and these faster greens and tougher fields and tougher tracks than he has in the birdie fest. And it's also harder. That's why even when John Rahm won the Mexico open, it's not that he's not good in birdie fest as much as other people are just going to find it too, and be able to find their way to the top. Everyone's so damn good that it just makes it challenging. And that's what you got to decide on again, Willie Z we're going to get to the course so like, first, but 10 courses- Courses with tougher putting variants, maybe, or tougher hey, putting. We don't uh, know what know, it is with him. We I know, know he's going to win. But... This week is this week is one of the most three putt courses on tour. Maybe, 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 maybe that's the edge. I don't know. Maybe he has to play some course where the putting is a little bit difficult, even though it's not like crazy difficult here. But there's a lot of still a lot of three putts uh, at this course. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll talk about him in a few minutes. Before we get there, let's get to the course. Sedgefield Country Club. 7,127 yard par 70 designed by Donna Ross, same designer as the course last week. Course has four par threes, two par fives. Both the par fives are reachable on most and the two easiest holes on the course. Eight of the 12 par fours are in the 400 to 450 range. Course is not lengthy, but there are a couple of long par threes. Uh, also, two par fours that play over 500 yards, with 18 being the most difficult hole on the course. So get ready for some cut sweats uh, on Friday. Uh, this course is routinely one of the easiest on tour with the average winning score of around minus 17. Uh, off the tee golfers see average tree-lined, uh, average-sized tree-lined fairways, light rough, and just a few fairway bunkers. Over 70% of all drives land on the fairway, which is well above tour average. This is mostly due to the fact that a lot of golfers take less driver off the tee here. Uh, having the correct angle to attack the pin is of, of great importance at Sedgefield Country Club, especially because of the undulated and sloped greens. Uh, placement and accuracy off the tee seem to be more important than length, and wayward drives could cause problems for golfers. Uh, even though the rough is not too long or thick, uh, distance control might be an issue since flyer lies with a norm when he approaches out of the Bermuda grass. 
Uh, this is a telling stat here uh, on just how important it is to hit these fairways. The green and regulation percentage from the fairway is over 80%. The green and regulation percentage from the rough is right about 50%. Now, you know, I'm not saying don't roster bombers, uh, but, you know, as far as some of these guys hit the ball nowadays, even without driver in hand, it should be much easier for them to hit the greens with a wedge in these stats indicate, especially if conditions are soft. Now, on approach shots, golfers will see small to average size greens that slope from back to front quite heavily. Uh, hitting it below the flag is going to be very important. Some of the greens are multi-tiered, which makes the aiming point a lot smaller on approaches. The edges of the greens are crowned with large collection areas waiting for golfers who miss. Uh, bunkers surround some of these greens, but you know m- most are shallow and fairly easy to get out from, and there is water in play on a few holes. Uh, the greens themselves use Bermuda grass with a stip meter rating of around 12. Uh, these greens seem to be the major defense of the course, as there are a lot of three putts here. Uh, the Wyndham Championship has been played on scores since 2008, uh, but the greens were switched to bent from Brent grass to Bermuda in 2012. So course history, guys, 2012 and on. And there is a pretty large course history correlation on this course, probably one of the top five, top 10 courses when it comes to course history and how well uh, former guys who have played well on the course play well again. Uh, you see it a lot at, at this course, more than most. What are you looking for, Tamo? You nailed it there. A lot of what you said, the biggest one you talked about is those fairways. I know that stat comes up every year, but there definitely is a course history component to this course more so than most others, because just look at the stuff when we get to it with Webb, Siwoo, uh, some of the other guys that we'll talk about throughout, of course, got it all listed here. We'll get into that, but uh, hitting that, the bogey avoidance is a stat that's popped power four scoring. You talked about it. There's 12 of them all within sort of that 400 to 450 is, is huge. And then you've got, uh, what was the other one I was going to say? The, um, Birdie, birdies are better, bogey avoidance, par four scoring, and oh, fairways gained or driving accuracy too. If you want to look at it from that perspective, every, every year it's just been the same way pretty much for this. It continues to happen. We have a lot of history. So that's where I'll be at. Again, the other thing to always keep in mind here, I'll talk about this quick, is just the weather. Same as always, but you know, keep it, keep track on as the week goes on. Oftentimes, remember this place, we often get uh, lift clean in place. I'm not sure. If we'll see it right away this week, but usually the rain and stuff like that comes up and it's Thursday morning, they're going out with lift clean in place. So we'll see uh, how that affects things as the things as the week goes on, but just keep that in mind throughout the week. Other than that, it's pretty much everything else you already talked about there. All right. So let's get to these tiers. we got, we actually got a regular, I guess. Somewhat it's not regular, really. It's, uh, ten, what, it's ten, 10, 10 guys above nine K again. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's five of them are 10 K and up. Yeah. This yeah. Time. yeah. So it's a, a little bit more close to normal, but still a little bit different. Uh, we'll go 10K and up, starting from Billy Ho all the way to Willie Z. Where are you going, Tamba? Yeah, so we got to talk about Webb first, I think. Obviously, Course History King mentioned it earlier, talked about it already, but just like the dating back, you know, the, it was the 2011, got his first win here. You'll hear the daughter narrative. He named his daughter Wyndham because of that. But the rest of it, like even, uh, you know, one thing I will note is when he's been coming in with good form is usually what it's been. Webb has not been Webb as of lately, even last week was like one good day, not four, but look, seventh, third, second, second, third, a 72 in there, but you know, sixth, fifth, 11th, 22nd, when the win before that, that's like, uh, you know, unheard of when it comes down to course history at, at any given course, we, you know, we talk about other guys at certain courses, nobody that I know of has history like this at, at a particular course. So definitely that, uh, you know, that's going to be an important decision to make one interesting note. And I'll get your thoughts when you go in a sec here, Kenny, but I don't know if he'll be as popular as you would expect, or usually he's up to 10, seven people have gotten sharper. Like you mentioned, it's not just about course history. Uh, his numbers on the projection sites won't be as strong. Like people just don't like him from that perspective, which sets up a lot of people doing using optimizers, like you mentioned, MME stuff like that. And then on top of it, uh, you, there's new guys in town like Zalatoris, right? People want to talk about him. I think we'll, we'll mention it. He's not going to be super popular at 10, nine. I don't suspect, but you mentioned it before. And we talked a little bit about it. I could definitely see it. At an event like this, the stats look pretty good. Bogey avoidance, approach, fairways, doesn't hit as many as you'd like. But again, he can find his way around that here. Um, Total ball striking, just everything else that's going to go with it. Obviously, he's going to make sense. Maybe those greens, like you said, is the factor, and that could be it. Obviously, at 18 to 1, or some books have it even you know higher than like at 16, 14, whatever. I think the, there's going to be something there. PGA Splits 101 actually tweeted out today that the last 11 winners – the the biggest odds have been JT Poston at 40. 
the rest have all been like 30 and under. So it's like, there, there's no long shots really winning tournaments anymore. They're, they're coming within, you know, the range. You can get them on each ways, top fives, top tens, whatever. But the winners are not long shots. The last 11 events. I think we could see that again here. Uh, a couple other things. So M and Horschel, I think M will end up getting the ownership because people don't want to pay for Horschel at 10-3. But it is interesting that Horschel sort of still rates out to me very similar. He has the course history, but because, like I said, people don't go with that all the time. So he's second, sixth, 11th, fifth are four of his last five results. Or, yeah, four of his last five results here. And then you go to the stats, fairways, solid, uh, greens of regulation, strokes game, power four, bogey avoids. He's like in top 10 and everything. But I think when you've got Lowry, M and Webb, right there and then you can drop down don't forget about henley in the next range which we'll go to in a second i think there's still a lot of you know people that will just have to overlook it'll be balanced for ownership somewhat but i do think that's you know just guys that you can then pick your spots i kind of like horschel m maybe even zalatoris uh, happy to leave webb behind this week at at 10 7 i think most will be and you'll take the risk but he he has been in much better form kenny coming in so what are your thoughts on webb and then what are your thoughts on webb ownership because I think people have just gotten sharp and I don't think he will be the web ownership of old. Yeah. I mean, if he's not going to be super high owned, then I might have to think about him. When I first made my cast lineup, I had web first uh, in my initial cast lineup with no research, just putting, you know, players in positions uh, in the lineup. Web was the first person that clicked, but after a while I thought about it. He hasn't been playing very well. And I compared him to Shane Lowry and, and in my model, Shane's number one, uh, you know, by a lot. Uh, and he's also been having a much better season than Webb. The form is good. I think it's more likely that Shane Lowry wins this event than Webb Simpson at this point in time, just the way they're looking and the way they're playing at this moment. So I went Shane Lowry uh, as my first cash game cornerstone uh, this week. I still don't think going Webb is wrong. I think it's, it's definitely a play, but I went Lowry. His form has been really good this year bunch of top 10s, bunch of top 20s. Uh, you know, a win seems like it should be coming for him again. I, was his last win still the Open Championship? Was that his last win on tour? Uh, I mean, that's like... It's been a while. A while, while. A while yeah, ago. He, like, oh, he had all the close calls this year, right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah you, you would yeah. think that, you know, it's about time. Uh, so so I, I forgot Straka stole the Honda from him, right? Stole. Yeah. Right? Remember the bad weather picked up for the drive? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, that's, that's what I was right. thinking of for a second. That's right. So, so I went Shane Lowry as my first pick, and I'm going back to Willie C uh, again this week. I mean, just talent level, he's got to win at some point in time. Showed something on the weekend on the birdie course. Maybe since this course's biggest defense is the putting greens, maybe he can get major mental ready for, for with his putter and, and, and get a little bit better on a course where ball striking he should be the best in the field. Uh, so give me, give me Willie Z and GPPs. All right, so let's move down to this uh, 9K range. My second casket cornerstone is going to be Russell Henley. You know, um, good showing last week. He's, he hadn't played that much. Prior to last week, he played the three lap majors prior. That's it. So I, I don't know what was going on with him, but he looked good last week. Uh, you know, uh, finishing in 10th place, back-to-back top 10s here. His last two times played. Again, we're looking at the course history thing. Uh, Lowry has a couple of top tens at this course as well in his career. Uh, so, you know, and then Henley, of course, is number two in my model. So we're going model heavy uh, this week. We're going Lowry first. is the first, first in the model. He's the first cash game cornerstone. Henley's second in the model. He's the second cash game cornerstone. Those are the ones I'm going with. I like Adam Scott. He should have won last year here, um, either last year or the year before. Uh, he played pretty well here recently. Give me Adam Scott at that price. And Hatton, is Hatton going to be low-owned? If I he is, so. I want to – if Hatton's going to be low-owned, I'm going to play him. I'm going to play Hatton as a low-owned play in the 9K range. Um, you know, it, it, lots of birdies. His putter's good. 400 to 450, he's very, very strong. Um, Three-putt avoidance is there. We'll see if he likes the course. I don't think he's ever played it before. So that's always a worry with Terrell Hatton when it comes down to the course. But I think he, I like him as my low own guy um, in the 9K range that I'm going to play. Um, I like Henley for cash and I like Adam Scott. Yeah, I've got uh, Hatton as a miscut in 2016, so he's at least seen it. Okay, but, he's yeah. played it once. Way, yeah. way different. I don't care about mm. the result. It's more just say seen the course at least. But uh, a couple notes. Yeah, Scott it was last year, right? He missed that four footer dead straight four or five footer, whatever it was. And then there was like a six man playoff 
after that or whatever that uh, you know ended up being just insane. You know, oh yeah, my boy too. I'll probably play my boy right here. Oh yeah, with a little HV three action. I'm wearing his foundation T-shirt for all the people that are listening on the podcast. So I'll throw him in there as well. Yeah, he looks good. If he can find some fairways too, I think he just sets up well stats wise, otherwise perfectly. So I don't hate that call. One thing back to Willie Z for just a second is that, you know, the price tag, like you talked about, but uh, you know, the playoff run that he's, you know, wanting to get on, he could, he can vault into the top 10 this week, which is, you know, a nice when you're trying to come towards that. But I think it could be this week or next Kenny. The funniest part will be is I'm going to be in Memphis next week still and what if he wins when I'm there after all the shit that I talked all season? Cause 18, I still can't get there this week. I was teasing it out on Twitter, but next week with the stronger field, right? I think you could see maybe 30, 35, maybe it's the first time I bet him all season when I'm there and I can be there to root him on to get the W we'll see. Maybe he goes back to back. Like Tony wins this week and next, who knows? I, I'm just, I am thinking it could be, if it's going to be, you know, it would be so funny that either the last regular season event of the year or one of the playoff events, because don't forget last year's playoffs was what Abe answer. Where's his win at? We said, Oh, he gets where it was a WGC for him. I can't remember exactly where it was, but Finau was a playoff event after all that time. So maybe it's Willie Z getting his first, you know, but we'll have to wait and see on that in this nine K range. I think Henley will get most of the love and rightfully so he was right in the mix there last year too. If you don't remember on Sunday, everyone remembers the Adam Scott thing, but Henley pretty much blew off what could have been a win for himself as well. So uh, people are looking for Russell redemption out there this week at 9,800. You talked about Scott being right there. People might go there, but the the range is so small. I kind of have interest in Corey Connors. He he actually rates out very well for me. uh, Fifth. I was thinking Connors or Hatton. Those two guys are going to be overlooked, I think, right? I think Connors comes in higher owned, but I think okay. it's, again, probably for good reason. And who knows how much when you got to consider Henley and the 8K range, which we'll get to, which I think is loaded this week. Not necessarily that I want to play them all, but I think others will. And then you go up top and people are going to pick. It's just going to be balanced ownership up there. But Connors, fifth in bogey avoidance, top 20 in birdies are better in fairways, and then seventh on approach, first in greens in regulation, ninth in par four, and second in ball striking, solid in that 100 to 150 range, like he can still find his way around this course and 9,600 is probably a fair price. So uh, again, it just doesn't look like it because of what we've seen from him as of late, but I think it's still an interesting number. He has seen the course three times, not the best results. Uh, miscut last time out two years ago, but still I can go there at 9,600. I have no problem with that. 8K range though, Kenny, I'll let you start it, but um, I think there's a story to be told for pretty much everyone in here, maybe besides Bez and Justin Rose. I mean, maybe you have a story for them, but I think there's a sales pitch you could make for everyone in this range. And I think other people will like this range. So, and, and we saw it last week where you could build like Finau or Cantlay play like Webb Henley, Siwoo sort of 79 to $8,300 range, and then drop down to three, seven K guys. I think people saw that work, even though Cantlay Finau and Cantlay Young and those Finau Young lineups got there. I think people still see this build again because the AK range has names that you can go to. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, my third cascade cornerstone is going to be Siwoo. Two top 15s heading in here. Two top 10s his last two times playing here. Uh, you know, form is there. He loves the course. Uh, stats don't line up, but they never line up for Siwoo. You know, he's not like a stat guy. Uh, but, you know, you know he plays well at the courses he plays well on. This is one of them. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and use that. So three guys – 8,800, 9,800, and 10, 6. So, you know, I'm going to have a low, shitty, freaking punt 6K play that I hate right now, but I need to go low. Uh, I need to go low to, to fill out the rest of my lineups. You'll hear it. So, I, but I'm going these three guys up top Siwoo, Henley, and um, uh, Lowry, because I think the upside's all there. We've seen it. Uh, you know, f- uh, six and six is rare nowadays. I would say 70% of the time, it's less than 10%. Would you agree with that? For for cash, I would say 70 to 80% of the time, it's less than 10%. So, you, so, you know, if you get that upside with these three guys, maybe the punt play that I pick uh, later on, which is definitely a punt play, uh, he misses the cut and I can maybe go four or six, five or six. And with the upside I have, still be able to cash. That's the way I'm thinking about cash nowadays. Getting six or six is just difficult nowadays uh it's it's tough uh to do it's tough on them cash streets uh out there but i, I like siwoo he's gonna be my ca- my third cash game corner stuff i think pendrith is a fade for me uh this week just because you lose the best part of his game 
Uh, you know, he's one of the longest guys out there. He could go out and try to just bomb the hell out of it if he wanted to. I mean, these young guys do whatever the hell they want uh, out there. There's no, there's no way they don't think about history. They don't think about the way the game used to be played. They go out there gripping, ripping, which is you know fun to watch. But I just don't think it's going to work on a course like this. So uh, Penrith is a fade. Um, I like Aaron Wise down here again. Another guy who's been you know on the verge uh, here. He's probably had one of his better seasons uh, this season. Stats line up. Uh, you know, uh, his, his iron game is exceptionally strong. Tita Green, very good. Uh, makes a fair amount of birdies. Really good on par fours. So so give me that. And then I'll go uh, JT Poston. You know, first, second, miscut, 11th in his last four starts. Former winner here. 8,100 8, seems like a fair price for JT. What do you think? Yeah, this, this range, like I said, you could talk about all. Oh, you mentioned the Siwoo Kim factor. So Siwoo, you know, just to name it, second, third, fifth. Miscut and then goes back to 2016, first win here at age 21. Uh, you know, funny enough, so, you know, Tom Kim, another South Korean, 20 years old, looking for his first win, is also in the same range, 200 bucks less. And he's been playing some really good golf lately. What, seventh, 26th, third, three of his last four results? Like, and, and it's like eight weeks in a row. Is this his eighth week in a row? No, I think Hold he's on. going up five. People said people said five? that last week too. He had a break before he started in, in Scotland. So okay. uh, I think he's fine. Again, he's also 20 years old. Like he's gonna be able yeah. to find his way. Yeah, it's only think five. about think, it's think only about five. Yeah, th- think about Sung Jay was playing what 35 events or something? Like you, you can go find your way around. And Sung Jay also here. We we talked earlier, 24th, 9th, and 6th. Like uh, you know, you can you can find your way around this course, and the young bucks usually do, and you can get your first win at this course as well. So Willie Z, Tom Kim, we're we're talking about these guys. This is a spot. Webb picked up his first win. See Wu picked up his first win. There's a bunch of others. I'm just saying in general, thinking of it from that perspective. But I think Denny, people may or may not go back to him because you have Siwu and Kisner right there. But Denny, four straight made cuts here with a 15th, 9th, and 22nd in the mix. If they're not going back to him. You know, like flop lag, when I talk about it, it's like everyone was on a guy, they get off of him the next week and then say, oh, of course he does it this week when I'm not playing him. If he's going to be 20% owned again, like he was last week or whatever it was, then it's whatever. You're either on him or you're not. But I just think that's an interesting tidbit around Denny McCarthy is he's got really good course history here. Not as good as Siwoo, who's a hundred bucks less, but it's pretty damn good. And it is a course that sets up well for him. So uh, I bet him. We'll talk about that later. But Denny McCarthy and 8,900 interests me. Talked about Tom Kim. Uh, Pendrith, not so, like, again, it's more of if the ownership goes off of him because people just think he's going to cripple after last week. I just don't think that's going to be the case. We talked about with winners going back to back, things like that. I think these guys are just better than that now. He definitely made some mistakes on Sunday. It looked like the pressure got to him a little bit, but it also could have been a bad first round and then three good rounds to get up and finish in that spot over the weekend. It just looks worse when you're going from the lead to dropping back. So see how people take that ownership in and go with it. I like Harmon quite a bit, A300. I think others will too, but I just think in general, uh, stats-wise, the course setup, numbers, everything. Like He's first in strokes game, par four, ninth in fairways gained, 11th in bogey avoidance, sort of all the big three that I'm looking at. So I really like him. And then Davis Riley, wise you talked about two posts. I mean, I guess you could talk about all of them. The, the ones I have more interest in would be like um, Wise, Harmon, Tom Kim, and then Siwoo and McCarthy. That'd be like the five that stand out. Riley, though, is interesting if people are finally done with him. What, what do you think on him, Kenny, with Davis Riley? Because 16th in bogey avoidance, second in birdies are better. Um, not the best with, you know, fairways, middle of the pack, but the other stuff like good hitting greens, good solid par four score, not the best with the wedges though. in that hundred to 175 yard range, he has not been the best. At least I'll say that. So, uh, but are people done with him now that he's down to 8,000? I don't know, man. That guy gets big numbers. Like it's his job. He really does. Uh, I mean, like, like uh, on, on Friday, of course I had him in the lineup, uh, in the GPP lineup. It ended up being okay. I don't know how much it would have mattered, but, like at that point in time, I had like first, second, sixth, eighth, eighth, and like seventh. And then Riley, who was there, he was like five under. He was like, you know, top 25 on Friday afternoon. And he gets like a 10 or something on some par yeah. five, like randomly. I don't it was, it was a nine and it was bad. I don't, I don't I don't even know how he did it. Like there's no holes in that course. I guess that was the only one because there's actually was water there, I think, or something. 
rock outline. I don't even know what the hell happened. It didn't show it on TV. I just looked at it and I was like, what the hell? He went from 500 to one under and missed the cut and killed me. Um, so yeah, I, a little bit of bias there probably on my half. We'll see how I think about it on Wednesday night when I actually pick my pool. Yeah. Um, but uh, right now I'm just pissed at him. So I don't even know if I can get on him, but the guy can make a birdie. Uh, you can also make triple real fucking easy, which killed me last week. So right. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. Let's go to the seven K range. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely guys up there. I'll probably go back to Hubbard. You know, Iron Games there, three point avoidance is there. Uh, give me, give me a little bit of Hubbard. Scott Stiles is playing some of the better golf of his career right now. Like, I mean, like I don't know, like five top 15s or something like that in his last seven events, eight events. I don't quote me on that, but it's something sick like that uh, that he's been playing. I mean, why the hell not at that price? Uh, I don't see a problem. The only problem is I think his course history isn't the best here. Um, uh, Adam Long, another guy, you're going to get a top 20 or a miscut. You know, it's worth a GPPs. Uh, it seems like this course could be suited for him, especially with the amount of par fours here and the amount of 400 or 450 yard par fours, which he's very good at. Uh, so I like Adam Long. Munoz in a birdie fest, always. Um, and then uh, anyone, uh, and I'm always back on Svensson. I, I can't get off of him. He's like crack, like crack cocaine. Svensson is my crack cocaine. I can't get off of him. I'll smoke him every week. Yeah, and he did his job to uh, to suck you back in, right? He ended up having yep. a, a decent week, so you get back on him here. So we, we've got a lot of the similar guys in this range. Definitely back in on Hubbard. I think everyone will be. This is If they're not going to be in on Denny, I at least think they'll be back in on Hubbard. He still profiles well. The stats set up. Anybody who followed you know, the some of the stuff last week, he had actually been on a podcast the week before last and said that he was in a party house with Joel Damon and Ryan Brem with no family, like he was just there to party. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to warm up, get ready for the playoffs. And that's sort of how I'm going to do it. That's going to be my warm up event. And he said, fantasy players quote, he quoted fantasy players. Don't play me. Don't bet me. Then he goes out and hits the hole in one off the worse than Hideki type. I know. Like, <laughs> drop the club. Like, it was like, there's no way if you're standing there watching that, you're like, Oh my God, where did he hit it? And then it goes in the hole like that. And everyone thinks it's the nuts. And then he goes and misses the cut. So uh, just one of those things, the way it shakes out. But I think it's good to get back on him here. I think he's ready and good. Got it out of his system. All set to go here. So I like that. I like the Munoz call. I like the long, the long call. You nailed it perfectly. It's like, you know what you're getting. It's boom or bust. And that's what we want in these tournaments. So don't be he's surprised. Like the, if you he's like the white Siwoo Kim. Yeah, except he's got better stats on paper. Like, if you look at the stats on paper, they are good. He hits fairways. He avoids bogeys. Solid hitting green. Solid power four scoring. Decent from, from 100 to 175. He should profile well. But I I don't think as many people will click him as the guys like Munoz, Hubbard, Keith Mitchell, Goderup, Vegas, Svensson, Todd. There's just so many names around him. So I think he is an interesting candidate to be in your GPP lineups, to stand out and be a little bit different. If he busts and shoots over, it's it's whatever, but you took him for the boom because when he does boom, he can win. He, he's won before, so he can definitely do it again. Uh, you know, go down from there, uh, got her up. I don't know what to do with this guy, man. Like, it's another guy that reminds me of, like, the uh, the Riley factor. I, I keep going with him and does enough, like Svensson even, like kind of the same thing, and they're both right there in the similar price point where – you're playing them just because their name, their value, what we've seen from them lately, their upside, but are we going to get it? You don't know. So it's another boom bust play. I actually feel better about Adam long for the hundred bucks more. And then the other guy, like I played him a couple weeks ago at the three M was uh, Brendan Todd. And he, he did his job, got through, came through. I, I mean, when you look at his stats, they're going to line up because it's what he does, right? Hits fairways solid with those wedges, you know, make sure it you know, doesn't make a lot of bogeys. I think he makes some sense from that perspective, but just don't expect uh, a ton of upside. But I, I mean, I bet him at 70 because I just think it could be possible. He's the type of guy that can find. I just, I, like I said, I don't expect it going in. Who, who do you got in this bottom 7K range? I like Patrick Rogers, 7,300. I mean, the guys, you know, gain strokes. He's known as the putter. The putter's his big thing. That's what his weapon is. But he's gained strokes with his approaches in eight of his last nine events. Gained strokes with it off the tee in six of his last nine events. The ball striking looks like it's coming. It's there. And you you, you throw it out with one of his, you know, six, six, seven, eight, ten strokes gained putting weeks. You know, it's possible for a win. Uh, you know, I, of course, I wanted the win because I, I rostered him in that draft that we did at the beginning of the year and everyone made fun of me, uh, which, you know, it hasn't been that horrible of a season for him. Um, and I, I like I like Patrick Rogers uh, at 7,300 uh, this week. 
I'm going back to your boy, CT Pan, who screwed you. Uh, a shorter course with only two par fives. I'll go with CT Pan uh, there at that price. Harris English, you know, the old, the, 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 we called him the new Webb Simpson last year. Had yeah. his injury, you know, had his injury, is coming back, trying to get his feet underneath him. For the talent level that you know that you had just less than a year ago, where he was winning tournaments, uh, winning multiple events on the PGA Tour. Give me Harris English at $7,300. Give me him at 130 to 1 as well for a long shot. JJ Spawn, really good from 150 to 175. Strong showing last week. Uh, I like JJ a lot also down here. Who do you like? Yeah, I like the JJ Spawn call. One I oh. didn't like, the, uh, the go ahead. Uh, a couple more Lee Hodges. Yeah. Uh, Lee Hodges has been playing really good golf. Lots of good finishes here recently. Matt Wallace seems like he's found something at 7K. He even said it on Twitter. Said he something clicked in his game. It's coming back to him at 7K. I'll take that risk based on his word, which we know you take with a grain of salt. But at 7K, you take that risk. Yeah. Well, one I was just saying one I didn't like was the uh, the Patrick Rogers one. I don't know if I'm going to chase that just because. Going back here, you know, Bermuda greens, something that usually he's not very good on. You look at his worst hey, two. He, he, he still gains strokes overall in Bermuda greens. He it's does. his worst and, and putting surface, but he still gains strokes overall. Yeah, even at the Bermuda championship, he came, but this is way back when, no, he came fourth, so he can find it. It's just his two worst putting performances this season are the Honda and the, I think the Phoenix Open was the other one, and they're both on Bermuda, right? So, yeah, so two of his worst, again, like he loses almost two strokes on those, just – Again, I think he had a great week, so people could see this. I just think his back. ball striking has just been so much better. That's what yeah. I'm keying on for, for Patrick Rogers. I mean, gaining strength with his approaches in eight of his last nine events, that is not a Patrick Rogers thing. Yeah, that's what that's another reason. You can always take the other side of that argument and say, so another reason to get off of him might be because that's not a Patrick Rogers thing. But yeah. I hear well, if it was like three of his last four, but eight of his last nine, that's fairly large sample size. Yeah, I, I totally get why you're going there. Like I said, I, I see it on paper. I just like what I said, when you look at it too, the other thing is it's like 44th, missed cut, 30. Like these, these are just not phenomenal results. When you see what you're going to need, you saw last week, the Taylor Moores, the Jaggers, the Clark, the guys that come through, they're getting top fives, top tens, whatever it might be that are coming through on the scoring sheet and on the actual leaderboard. So uh, the leaderboard is relating to scoring, obviously in these situations, that's what I'm talking about. But uh, one guy didn't mention at 7,500, Alex Smalley. It'll be brought up to this week. I believe he's a, a member at the course. All the connections get brought up. I don't really go into that stuff as much anymore, but I do think his game suits the course well. I know others are going to talk about it out there also. So he's he's a fine play. Martin Laird, I think CT Pan. I'll go back to the well. I don't care that he hurt me. I can go back there again. So I like that call. Ches Reevy is like same as Brendan Todd or, you know, those types that you play at these courses where, um, you know, just keeps getting a little bit cheaper and you can find the same dude that does all the same stuff with the same stats. So I like Reevy. I don't hate the English call, but, uh, you know, seven straight made cuts here for English. That That is pretty interesting. He's got the great course history. Uh, CT Pan's history is not bad here either, actually. And then JJ Spawn, I liked your call there. Aaron Rye. 7,200, just playing the talent. I talk about it all the time at 7,200. I'll definitely play him. Um, who else? There was two more guys I had, I think. Neesmith it was a couple weeks ago. I think he didn't come through for us. But, you know, just in general, at 7,200, I'll take a shot on him. And then Duncan and Lipsky were the last two I had here, Mark, just to round up the range that I have interest in. Again, guys that just feel too cheap for what they are that can actually score on a, you know, on these courses. So I, I don't mind them. Do you like any Fowler Fowler? Uh, I don't know if you saw this last week, Kenny, but they, they removed the suspended players from the FedEx cup standings. And so now Fowler went up from like 132nd to 123rd. Oh, so, so he actually has a chance to get into the playoffs now, but he still has to do his job this week. I know that narrative and we throw it up the window all the time. Some go up, some fall out. That's why I don't care. They're all motivated that are close. They want to make yeah, the money. I used to think about that. Let's talk about that for a second. I used, to, I used to think about that, that motivation trying to get into the top 125. You rarely, you see like one or two guys. But it's year. because it's bullshit. Maybe three. Because it's, yeah. it's, but the whole point is like, they're all motivated. If you're yeah. outside, you're motivated to get in. If you're inside, you're motivated to stay in no, no. every year. I'm not paying attention to any of that this year. It's the worst one because there's no, like they all want to get in and they can't. So even though you'll say, oh, that narrative did come through, three, these three guys ended up getting in. Well, do me a favor, buddy. Go check who fell out. 
three dudes fell out to make the spots for them. So it's like the same thing every year. But my point would be with Fowler. It's been a while, man. He needs some friggin' motivation of some kind of like, like not a motivation. Sorry. He needs something to happen. Good. Because nothing good has happened and it just keeps falling out and everything. And it's like, man, this could be your chance to at least get in the playoffs and see if you can do something or make some noise. I don't know what you think on him, but uh, usually he doesn't even play this event by my number. Like, like I don't think he's usually here, is he? Doesn't I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I in the know. past he has had, so he missed the, oh, last year missed the cut. That's why. Before that, he didn't play it since what 2016 when C Wu won. So t- 22nd place, <coughs> but yeah, he, he usually doesn't have to be at this event because he's priming up for the playoffs by skipping this event. Not the case anymore for Mr. Ricky Fowler, any love for him. And then if not take us into the six K range. Yeah. I don't know about Ricky. I'm probably going to pass on that. Let's go to the six K range. A couple of guys that do like up top. Um, Roy Sabatini course history, not loves this course, plays it all the time. plays well here all the time. I'll, 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 I'll throw fire at him. Um, at 6,900, Hayden Buckley, game's been turning around here recently. Uh, you know, he went through a little lull. He was played really well in the fall, went through a lull in the beginning of the season. Now it looks like it, it's back up. He's making a bunch of cuts here recently. Uh, he's playing a good game. Uh, so I like Buckley um, uh, at 6,900. I actually like him a lot. It'll probably be my highest stone in the 10K range. Um, John Ho? I can't, I can't do it as good as Pat. I can't do it, but uh, I do like John Ha, probably the best golfer from 150 to 175 uh, in this field in the last 50 rounds. I think he has pretty good course history here as well. Uh, Stan Ryder in a birdie fest, 150 to 175, real strong. I think he's fourth in the field uh, in the last 50 rounds. Uh, and then my cash game cornerstone punt. I got to go low. If I'm going 8,800, 9,800, and 10,6, I got to go super low. I'm going Jason Duffner. I feel sick saying this, uh, but yeah, $6,200. Uh, I think he's made seven of his last eight cuts here, two out of his last three on tour after missing like 27 cuts in a row. So yeah, so I'm going there just because I need someone 6,200 or below to fit, to make sure I still have room. So my cash game cornerstones this week, Lowry at what? 10, six. Was that, was that his price? 10, five. Hold on. Let me double check here. So 10-6 for Shane Lowry, Russell Henry, 9,800, Siwoo Kim, 8,800, Jason Duffner, 6,200, still leaves you 14,600 to fill out the rest of your lineup. Yeah, the D in Duffner stands for dumpster, and you definitely dumpster dive this week to go down and find him. Yeah, I was just looking it up. Like, I knew about his course history, so it's, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of the last nine or something made cuts only one missed cut. And two of his last, the two last two years, he's played at 24th and 31st. The issue is right now he's going on like what? Eight missed cuts of his last 10 that he's played. Mo- hey, two but recently. he's made two of his last three with a 69th and a 20. You know what I mean? Like nice. some bad, bad results, yeah. but yeah, I'll take a 69th. Give me a 69th. For cash, Duffner. you'll take whatever. That's right? all I'm saying. asking for. You, you could see it even last week. Guys did, you know, this is an interesting note to just go. You don't have to go with Duffner with Kenny's pick, but just that's for cash. I'm saying in general, a lot of guys took Sung You'll Know last week at 6,000. He got an eagle. He put up some good points. He put up 39 DraftKings points and missed the cut, but he made your Finau, Cantlay, Pendrith. And you had the whole night. You had everybody in there. And there was guys that put up very big scores that could have won uh, qualifiers like you could have won tickets with these lineups that some of them put up like 650 with a miscut. So it's like you and I think you needed like 720 to win the main. So you weren't getting there. But I'm just saying you you can find your way around these parts of what and if he made the cut, he was going to score huge and it could have been big time. I know there's a lot of people out there listening or watching that probably had some sung you'll know lineups that were five or sixes because of him. So I don't hate it. The one note too, you you're just going through. I know you don't care, but just so people follow this, it, it reminds me of like when we use fantasy national and the stats, like last 50 rounds where you look at it. And I always talk about this where it's like, yeah, but the, the 44 of the rounds are from before all these missed cuts. And that's why the stats look good on paper. John Huff, for example, good history. People say he's made six of eight cuts here. He's a great course history guy. You're like, okay, let me look at this miscut last year. Didn't play it at all the two years before that. Miscut the year before that. So it's his two miscuts and not playing at all over the last four years. And then a 60, 63rd, 59th, and 57th four years ago at eight years inclusive. Like 
that's where it's like, is he a good course history guy? Cause he made six of eight cuts. Here? I, I think the one thing that I looked at him more was the 150 to 175, because you're looking at like 40 plus percent of yeah. all your approaches come from 150 to 175. And he's been one of the best in that range in the field. I agree. I actually like him better. If you want to play it off the stats perspective, I'm just, I'm just cautioning people when they're going through course history or seeing a tweet about it or hearing about it to actually dig in a little deeper, because it's the same thing as what we talk about with the stats where it, there may be more to find when you go through it. So I try and look at it from a little bit different perspective. I love your Buckley call. Another guy scores, goes low on easy courses. I think more go to like Lee Hodges and those guys up above. I think if you just drop down, he's basically the same dude. Uh, Sabatini is interesting Four top tens. In his last six outings here, you already talked about course history. That's it. But just to point it out, that stands out for me here. Uh, Lahiri is actually three for four made cuts here, been having himself a much better season all around. I think, again, you got to just consider what you're doing here if you're going to this range. But let me just check his real quick while I got it up here. But um, 46, 53rd, miscut. It, it's not the best, but three or four made cuts, kind of like what I just talked about. So if you if you believe in the talent this year, like you do with John Huh, he's another guy that you could go to here. Uh, Chesson Hadley, potential flop lag. He's five of six made cuts here. I think his results are actually better if I pull those ones up. It's uh, 15th last year. Before that, it's not great, but at least he can show some upside, you know, good on these greens. And then on top of it, he hurt some feelings last week. So you can go to him. Um, who else do I have here? Oh, two two guys at the same price. Who, who would you pick between these two, Kenny? Lucas Glover? Or Ryan Armour, if you had to pick one. You can obviously play both, but they're pretty much... I like Glover. Glover's, again, once again, 150 to 175, his mm-hmm. strength. I'd probably go Glover. Yeah, he's not bad. Like, like I said, I think they're both interesting. North I, I like Carolina the, guy, too, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the Ryan Armour um, history better. He, he's he's four, four years in a row made cut. This is where I'm talking about where you want to go and look into it. 25th, 22nd, 8th, and 4th. And then when you look at his stats, obviously they're going to pop for some of the stuff that we're looking at, right? If you go down to Ryan Armour, second in fairways gain, 26th in bogey avoidance, in the top 25 for par four scoring, ball striking, and 125 to 150. So uh, I think he's pretty interesting at 6,700. And then going down from there, man, I don't think I have anything else, to be honest, Kenny. So uh, we'll see as the week goes on if I can find a pun. I I thought about the Duffner one, like you said, Roger Sloan. Showed up last week. He's interesting. Sung, you'll know who we talked about is still, he's back in the field. Norlander, but probably can't make enough putts. Ben Martin, maybe he played good last week, but really, Kenny, we're just talking about names for the sake of talking about nothing else for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Uh, Buckley's my favorite play uh, in, this like ra- in the 6K yep. range, just no doubt. All right, so let's go to bets. Uh, this, I have a lot this week. And the reason I have a lot is because I have, I've been stuck at four wins all season. And I'm trying to get five. I don't want five. So I, I got I got like 10 bets. But six of them are over 130 to one. So a, a lot of long shots. So first off, I'm going Shane Lowry at 12 to one. Um, Adam Scott, 25 to one. Henley, 25 to one. Scott Stalling, 60 to one. Lee Hodges, 130 to one. English, 130 to one. Steven Yeager, a name we didn't mention. But had a really good week last week, 130 to one. Taylor Moore, another good guy, had a good week last week, 130 to one. And Patrick Rogers, 150 to one. Yeah. I, you get might have better. We talked with that little tidbit off the top with these long shots not hitting, but you've got some good guys on the card at 12 and 25. So 33, like, like numbers like that. I think that's what you could see. So uh, I went with Harmon at 35, I went with Denny. At 45, those are sort of my guys up top. And then for a little bit longer shots, Todd at 70, Smalley at 90, and then Buckley at 125, just five bets as of now. Probably put some first-round leaders in. I want to wait and see what the weather does. Probably add some more. I want to see what the numbers do. But uh, for right now, that's where I'm at for the card, five bets total. Yeah, one and done. I'm probably either going to go Lowry, Henley, or Adam Scott. I'm going to click a button of whoever I got left. We talked about it last week, the strategy – you know where you are now. You need you need the most money possible. If you're you know in a spot where you think you're blocked and that you still have time for the playoffs, so it's up to you. I just I think you're still trying just to stack the most possible. If you've got multiple lineups up there, you can you can now start to decide if you want to pick two different guys and try and find your way up with at least one of them. It's decision making time. I will say that, but I don't even know who I have left. But I definitely cannot cash, so I don't care. 
There you go. All right. I can actually cash in both of them. Uh, in the Mayo one, I'm like a couple million behind cash, maybe okay. like 1.5 behind cash. So that's doable. And then I'm in 66 in the carbon contest one. So I'm in. You got to pick winners. That's what you got to yeah. do. Yeah. Pick winners. All right. You, you find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership of the Gups Corner. Congratulations to Gup for making it to the Fantasy Golf World Championship Finals. Uh, Tambo. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Make sure to add me there. Put out the tidbits every Wednesday. It's the free, you know, basically a compilation of all the free content around the industry. Put it into one thread where you can find all that. Probably 10 or 11. It's been that way last few weeks just because it's slower. The content's down. People are not doing as much. They're not as into it. We're using that for an edge to find as much as we can in other ways. You want to check us out at rumpuresports.com. Got a premium show there. We do every Wednesday. You can use promo code DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N-5-0. Get 50% off your first payment. All sports, one price. The Wednesday show has the final weather, ownership, roster construction, player pool breakdown, pretty much everything that you want for building your lineups for tournaments to try and win those six-figure prizes. So check us out over there. All right. Should be a fun week. Last week of the regular season. Uh, always a great course. Always some drama here at the Wyndham Championship. Learn a new dance, Tony. Let's win some motherfucking money. D-Gen Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I think it's be my third. Jordan Belfer. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.